interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. <laughs> Welcome everybody to my bloody podcast. Oh my goodness, we have a great show for you. On this episode, we're featuring Skinamarink, the new movie that's out in theaters from IFC Midnight and will be soon released on Shudder. Skinamarink, directed and written by Kyle Edward Ball. It's probably a movie you've heard about before. And... You've probably seen some viral marketing for it. I don't know, but the host with the most here, Preston Barta, the man who I'm just going to be in a house with and watch things disappear and figure out what's happening. Uh, Preston, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well? Yeah, I've been combing through 100 minutes of fuzz and noises to get here. Yeah, for sure. I didn't know what to really expect from this movie Skinner Marink, uh, this movie that was made for $15,000 shot on a very low, you know, low type of camera, lo-fi. And it is uh, very interesting. It's a movie that we've been hearing a lot about. It premiered at Fantasia Fest. It premiered at other festivals. It got leaked. Um, and people have been talking about it. It's been getting good reviews from critics and not so good reviews from fans or audience members. And Preston and I finally watched it. We've been we've been hearing the buzz. We wanted to take a look at it. Skin of a rink. It seemed kind of up our alley because it's being billed as kind of like Blair Witch and being billed as maybe like paranormal, paranormal. activity or something like that. Where it might not be for a hundred percent of the time really found footage per se, but it's filmed almost in like a first person view of a child almost. But what this movie is to me is kind of like an overly long, a way too long hour and 40 minute Mm -hmm. movie of ASMR. Um, If you're not familiar with ASMR videos on YouTube, quick go and check out asmr beavis and butthead did a skit on it over their last season but it's kind of like real quiet videos of and then the sound is kind of like overly done in a big way so like somebody turning a page and you just hear that page turn excuse me or somebody tying their shoelaces Mm -hmm. or something like that so with skin of a rink just to give you a foundation the film is an hour and 40 minutes long it's made to look like it's filmed in lo-fi like super eight with like all the cracks and warps and hairs and everything going around like you're watching an old vhs tape you found in your basement um there are no actors really shown in the movie other than this like a couple of seconds of kids feet a flash of maybe a face There's barely any dialogue in the movie, Uh, maybe one page of dialogue in an hour and 40 minutes, if that. Uh, But a lot of noises and a lot of avant-garde, very um, experimental type of shots and filmmaking. And so, and there's not like a real true narrative. That being said, atmosphere of this movie is very creepy and the movie itself the setup like what they're going for could be awesome like i think it this is something like if you read like a three story a three page short story about this it's scary as hell how did it translated here (laughs) not so much because what the director does 
with some of the scarier moments and the sound effects that are employed, it just kind of took me out of it. But Preston, 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 I have <laughs> to ask you, we've been talking about Skinamarink for a little bit. We were excited to see it because we've been hearing the buzz, your expectation, and what was your thought coming out of it? And more importantly, what was your thought after the first like 20 minutes? <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, so going into this, I, of course, pay, I have my finger on the pulse of the internet and the horror community, and I've heard so much about it. Even one of uh, my cousin, who's 18 years old, had texted me about it and said, have you seen Skinamarink yet? I've heard people are either really loving it or really hating it, um, because it's it's been the talk on Twitter, it's been the talk on Reddit, TikTok. It's just everywhere. And uh, part of that is because it's played at a few festivals. And then I think at one of the festivals, it leaked online. So a lot of people saw it illegally. Um, But it's just kind of maybe for the better generated a lot of momentum. Uh, Probably, you know, the filmmaker would rather audiences say that they love the movie because they saw it in a more uh, realistic setting or uh, setting that benefits them and gives them money. But I mean, at this point, it just seems like they are making plenty of money considering what you said that it was $15,000 to make. Um, and then it's about to go to shutter and I'm sure it's going to do wonders on there, um, based off of people's curiosity. Um, yeah, uh, I did not watch a trailer. I didn't really know what it was about. Um, so not seeing that log line that's on like IMDb or Wikipedia, which is like, as you mentioned, it's a really creepy short story idea. Uh, I think we're all, I think just last week we were talking about Coraline and the nightmares that we have because of my son's experience watching Coraline. Uh, you start thinking about like nightmarish places of, uh, you know, nightmarish dis. I don't know, like you're putting your parents through this nightmarish place. And so it's very memorable uh, in that way that Coraline is. Um, But here, yeah, it's dealing with that, that subject matter. But as you said, it goes about it in a very experimental and unconventional way. I think experimental is the word that's being used all up and down the, you know, way that it's being described on the internet um and it is yeah those first 20 minutes um maybe even the first five you're just left oh my god uh it's it takes a great great deal of patience because in maybe i don't have that patience right now um but I think, if anything, I have a stronger admiration for it than I do than I did enjoying the experience overall. Um, I think there is quite a few moments throughout it that are really effective because um, you have to just you have to have a willingness to be able to just sit in a space where, yeah, it does not have any sort of A to Z plot line. The characters don't really matter. You don't see anybody, as you said, like you just don't see the faces of anybody other than like maybe a few side profiles or some very pixelated and fuzzy versions of faces. Um, which do add to some of the horror sometimes because you can get, it's a weird thing to be sitting there and then be like, okay, how, how, how long do I have to sit here until something happens? You're peering into the dark. You're, it's got like all these moments where they're, they're almost like, it's almost like a, it's a collection of nightmares or it's a collection of the in-between moments in horror films where they use sound or they use distorted imagery or they use uh, very odd angles. Um, and it's just a collection of that. And so to be sitting in a space and looking down the a dark hallway and then it just slowly walks towards something um, it does. It takes a great deal of patience because you don't know what's going to happen. So it's, as I was saying, like, it's interesting to be sitting there and be like, is something going to happen? Nah, I, I'm really hating this movie. And then ah, 
and it's something that kind of happens uh a uh, an object like legos or a doll or blood even appears on the floor and sometimes the camera may be upside down to show the floor and the ceiling and things disappear uh, a lot's being talked about that uh classic phone toy from toy story had. the two-tone the tommy two-tone thing you yeah. saw it in toy story three or two or whatever yeah it's it's interesting i mean again it can be effective and when you call something experimental or avant-garde are we really just upping it here in this case in skinnamarink's case or do we call it what we kind of want to call it, <laughs> you know, just like, oh man, what are we doing here for an hour and 40 minutes of yeah. almost like pretty much 98% of the movie is just slow pans across walls and floors mm-hmm. and with nobody there, nobody talking. There's no score. It's just kind of like this fuzz, like think AS- white noise, white noise. And that's like most of the movie. And then, you know, how the movie is set up where it's these two young kids, uh, ages, what, four and eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, they wake up and their parents are there, but you don't really see anybody, of course. And then uh, all of a sudden, like weird things start to happen. They start to hear noises or then their dad disappears and then all of a sudden windows of the house and doors in the house start to disappear. Even the toilet disappears. And when you start to think about that, you're like, that can be super creepy. And to bring up another film that I think kind of did something similar in a way better way was in the movie VHS, VHS Mm one, there's a short called 103198 and it's about group of friends go into a Halloween party. And while they're there, crazy stuff happens and the windows start to close off, the doors start to disappear. And it was done perfectly. It was scary. But in this movie, it's almost like there's one shot, the camera is just on a still shot of a window. And then all of a sudden you hear like this, this vintage 1950s sci-fi laser sound effect. And then all of a sudden it cuts and then it's just a blank wall. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, okay, I mean, is this scary? No. Um, But then there's like all these quiet moments that last 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden you hear this big loud crescendo of maybe the two-tone ring. And you're just like, okay, of course that would startle anybody. I don't know about scare, but startle, yeah, for sure. Cause you're you're almost in a daze. You're almost like, what am I doing yeah. watching this type of thing? And all of a sudden something happens. But even when Preston mentioned about blood and stuff, it's like it's done in such a a weird way that it doesn't seem scary. But then there's also elements that are scary, like just like the whole setup to this thing is like, man, there is something evil going on, and kind of what this evil entity is telling the kids to do is pretty frightening. Yeah. Like come upstairs. uh, One, what was one of them is like, uh, she said she wanted her mom and dad. So I took her mouth away, put the knife in your Your eye. eye. Yeah. That that's scary. And how, and again, you're not seeing anybody on screen. You're just hearing something in like, uh, and the movie is like, almost completely pitch black through the whole thing. (laughs) Like it's very hard to see kind of what's happening with other than the fact that maybe these kids are going around with a flashlight sometimes. Yeah. Um, And just like, turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, turn off again, ASMR, get that sound in there. Uh, I don't know. I overall was like, in my mind, I was like, what are people are people actually watching this movie all the way through and giving it five stars? Cause some people have given it five stars. Some people given it four stars. And to me, I don't know if I can get there yet again with you saying like you're, you watched it. Now we're thinking about it and talking about it. I was like, yeah, that had, had a good setup to me and it's atmospheric, but man, I'm thinking of like Andy Warhol's, you know, avant-garde experimental films that, you know, 
you know, that he filmed the Empire State Building for 24 hours and that's it. Like there's nothing to it. It's black and white. You know, it's I feel like it's almost something like that. And our people are like, that's amazing. And it's like, is it? Is it amazing? I don't know. I'm I don't Preston, talk me to <laughs> into liking this. I don't know. Do you do you like it? Do you not like it? I don't can't tell. Um, I don't yeah, I don't need to talk you into it. It's just um because I I don't really like it. I but like I said, I have a lot of admiration for it because and I think that's why a lot of people are talking about it and why it's uh just everywhere on the internet. Um I I don't know. I just never really been a fan of this kind of filmmaking. I'm not a huge David Lynch fan. I I have certain shades that I can appreciate that deal with experimental filmmaking or avant-garde, like because Kubrick does a lot of it or did a lot of it. And and especially with like 2001. And I think that's one of the best movies ever made um, because I just feel like there's a purpose with all of it and i'm sure there is a bit of a purpose here um but i'm just not seeing it as much um but i do have to admit that there are some i mean creepy has been the word uh throughout all this too in addition to experimental but just the effect that it gives because uh there there are quite a bit of moments that um we, we mentioned with like uh the, the distorted faces that we see throughout like because you can't see the eyes it's like the eyes the mouth the nose disappeared and um you're constantly kind of leaning in to hear what's being said because everything's purposely done to create like this video and auditory confusion like what are the words the camera doesn't really focus on anything um yeah, it has that VHS kind of effect, but also has like this old film projecting kind of effect too. And it just does all these things throughout. And it's almost like it really was discovered in the edit. Like they just shot all these little things and they're like, oh, that's really interesting. We're going to find a way to kind of lean into that a little bit more. Um, And like we said, with certain toys, we're going to show them disappearing and uh, throw a sound effect on it or throw like a lens flare or a very sharp uh, like light that kind of comes up. So, and there's certain lines, like, like I was saying with like, put the knife in your eye. And so it does kind of take me back into my own nightmares of uh, having like sleep paralysis and you hear these sorts of things. So I think it's effective in that way that it pretty authentically captures the nonsense of nightmares sometimes. And just like those lasting images that stay with you throughout your life. Um, even though the, the most lasting images for me have been very um like holding my mom's head and like really seeing it, not seeing uh, like in this case, seeing your dad's feet hang off the bed and then you peek under the bed and then you come out and your dad's disappeared. Um, It's a little more, you know, experimental in that regard. But um, so I think just in all, there are a lot of moments throughout that I thought were quite effective, but it's not a space that I, I don't want to watch this movie again. I don't want to, cause there's probably YouTube videos at this point where you can have like a greatest hits and watch that. And you don't have to sit through so much to get there, but that's also part of why it may have an effect on you is to be able to sit through that mundanity and just have developed that patience. And, and then kind of like my favorite uh, jump scare of all time is the one that's in exorcist three in the hallway of seeing the nurse walk by with the scissors is like, it's like this director focused on that. And it's, you're in that moment, you're kind of wondering like, what's going on? Why are we staying with this shot for as long as we are? And then you get to the period at the end of the sentence and you see why. Um, So I think this movie is going to last for being a movie that is very low budget, as you said, $15,000, and it's going to do, is doing well, it's going to continue to do well, probably even on Shutter, and still be talked about, because that's 
that's admirable that a filmmaker is able to do that and put a, a movie of that much money and put it out into a theaters. Like it's inspirational that it's doing that. And then um, with all those uh, moments that I talked about, I think they're going to be kind of dissected. We're going to wonder like, why don't they show the father's face? Is it abuse reasons? Or it's just like the way that people are kind of filling in those voids make it interesting so i think the conversation around the movie or about the movie is more interesting than the movie itself, itself. yeah so well, if somebody makes a documentary about this and just discusses it and deeply analyzes it i think that's going to be really interesting so i think it's a movie that i'm going to be thinking about for a while and so maybe over time i'll be like huh maybe maybe i like that movie more than I than I gave it credit for in the beginning um but like I said I'm just these aren't this isn't my kind of cup of tea um and so I find it very hard to recommend um but I also want to be in the conversation with other people so it's just like should you I, I don't know it's like proceed with caution you understand at this point now that yeah you're not yeah, you're not going into yeah you're not going in if you're looking for a straight narrative horror movie or even like a slow burn horror movie this is not it like this yeah. is more likely like you can turn around and go back to finding whatever it is you want to watch and you know again there's like not nobody's going to judge you for it just because this movie is not like anything else like it is basically just showing you very dark, very darkly lit shots of a house with no characters, almost no dialogue, no score. Um, and it, it, what it is, is what it is, but it's interesting that it, how effective it can be. Um, because yeah, I'm still thinking about it and I got to bring up one of the things in the movie. Um, I'm very curious to what your take in is on this. So you know, you're these two kids, they're going around, they're like, they don't know what's happening uh, around their house. And like things are disappearing. They're hearing voices telling them to do stuff. Their parents are disappearing. Um, and at some point in the movie towards towards the end, uh, there is you see like a pile of Legos. Mm -hmm. And then there's a there's text that comes out on the screen that says 572 days. And that's all it says. And so my thought, my initial thought was like, okay, has it been 572 days since the movie started? Like in that, <laughs> not like, you know, like it's a long movie, but like these characters, these kids, like have they been a year and a half in this nightmare or is, or is there something else to that? Cause that's the only thing that came to my mind that these kids have been living this nightmare for 572 days, a la kind of, um, the that revamp or that very future sequel of Blair Witch we got a few years ago, where the some of the kids that were in the uh, some of the characters that were in the forest and the trees, they were like, "Oh God, it's been two weeks," and then like had been like you know ten minutes since they last saw him, you know something witchcrafty like that. Uh, I don't know that, but the five hundred seventy two days threw me for a loop. I was like, "Wait, what?" this is just getting weirder and stranger and I like it for that. But what, I mean, but again, kind of like how Christopher Nolan, the director, Christopher Nolan, you know, with a movie like um, inception where it's very, very visceral. And it's also very unique and there's a lot to it, but then you have a character in inception that kind of is your conduit of like what's happening, like, cause they don't know what's going on. So they're the audience basically telling you what's going on. But then he goes and make, make something like tenant where it's just like, you're on your own for the whole movie. There's no conduit. You have to figure out what's happening. And this is skinnamarink. The director offers up no clue or narrative or anything as to what really is happening. It's on the audience for better or worse to figure out what you think about it is. So for the 572 days, Preston, what do you think? 
Uh, yeah, that that's kind of my takeaway too. Is that maybe that's how many days it's that they've been stuck in that that limbo? Um, yeah, because there's, I mean, that's how it is with a lot of things that are just kind of things are just presented here. There's no context. It's just to create a feeling. And since you brought up Tenet, there's a great line in that movie where it's like, "Don't try to understand something. Like, just feel it." And so I don't know, is this movie just vibes? Um, but then some people are finding things within it or maybe just creating things uh, to make it make more sense. Because that's just like the human, the way that humans operate when it comes to reading something or taking in art. Um, and that's what makes art so fascinating is that you can walk into an art gallery and, and, and it's just kind of fun to see people that are just staring at things that sometimes make you wonder like uh my kid could paint that what do you see in it why is this going for so much money um so i don't know it's the way that uh people put labels on things to to say like hey this is art it's always been fascinating to me uh that somebody can just decide that yes, this is something of value and you need to pay attention. You need to have this hanging up in your on your walls. You need to make this part of your collection because we're going to be studying it for a long time. So, Which is like the Andy yeah. Warhol Campbell yeah. soup thing. Like it's, oh, it's a Campbell soup can, whatever. And that's like the one of the most famous pieces of art ever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I think that's just the the main takeaway of all of this is that it's it's just maybe this is just soup cans. I don't know. Um but, <laughs> but uh yeah. It it's it, it's it's really weird. So the director um and writer of this movie Kyle Edward Ball, he filmed this in his childhood home. Yeah. He filmed the, his his mother actually had a lot of his toys from back then and those are the toys and legos that are used in this movie so it's also feels kind of personal and maybe kyle is thinking like well maybe i had nightmares growing up or i have nightmares still now and this is kind of what my nightmares might consist of or where they went and like my guess, I mean, I don't know if it was this the true intention, because I know you mentioned that maybe this was like there was something more to this movie. But then when they were doing editing, this is like, oh, this is something different. Now we can do this take on it. And to me, it's like, OK, we have 15 grand. We can't do much, but. I mean, it's a ballsy move to not have a score and really actors' faces or characters or narrative in your horror movie and still kind of have it fairly effective, pretty effective. Like, I think it could be more effective if some things were done differently because, like, sound, some sound effects took me out of it. I was like, oh, my God, that's a 1950s schlocky sound effect. Like, I don't care. Um, but then but some the, of the but but then they don't have like bones. It sounds like bones breaking in the background. Yeah, or or, or uh, baby noises and things like that. Things that do that you register with horror or you register with nightmares. So there are a few things within there. But yeah, I mean I've seen bones break or heard bones break in other films like Hereditary. Uh, there's another film that came out through, I believe, IFC that I, oh, what was the name of it? Uh, we, we Need to Do Something. Um, it came out last year. It mm -hmm. kind of deals with very similar things where it was made during COVID. It feels like a COVID movie because it's, uh, and it has uh, Vanessa Shaw in it. And uh, what's that actor's name that was in uh, Cheap Thrills? Uh, oh, Ethan Embry? Oh, no, Pat, Pat Healy. Pat, Pat Healy. Healy. Okay. Um, so it was about a family that's stuck in a in a bathroom during a storm and they don't have a way to get out. And it deals with like things that are happening off screen. And that's what this that's the landscape that this film's dealing with. Like, what are the things going on in the unknown? What are the things that are happening off screen? Because those that that tends to be the most effective areas in horror um, is when you don't get to see a lot of things. But still, you know, art admittedly the things need to be in place there so you can have other emotions kind of connecting to what's going on too uh that i can have some 
care for the children as they're going through this, but I don't have a sense of who they are. And it, it doesn't, the movie doesn't care about that. Um, Cause it's concerned about other things. And that's what something like uh, we need to do something does where it's dealing with these event guard things. Like uh, it has a moment where the door, a door opens and they don't know what's going on outside and they reach their hand through and then something grabs them. And, uh, but right before it grabs them, it, it's like uh, you hear this voice saying uh, something really creepy, but I can't remember it, but it ends up being Ozzy Osbourne that does it. Um, and uh, so it just found ways to uh, make you more invested in what's going on instead of creating confusion. And then you're trying to do all this homework later as to like, what are other people saying or how, why, why, maybe we're just spending way too much of our lives to make sense of something that we shouldn't give a damn about. And so th there's that too. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Cause I was thinking that through, I was like, why, I mean, why is this even a movie? How did this get made? You know, like, and again, we applaud for being ballsy and doing this, but like, what is, why, why are we making it like this? Why do you subject me to an hour and 40 minutes of, almost nothing and you know i mean i might have not been in like the right uh setting maybe for you gotta this be movie. maybe you gotta be stoned out of your mind where you can like deeply connect with other all the parts. sounds yeah, yeah. I, I don't know but like you know i wonder if this how big of effect this would have had seeing it in a very dark movie theater with the sound turned all the way up because i mean i watched it at home during the day i think you would see a lot of people get up but i don't know it's, it, it sounds like uh like it did pretty well on the festival circuit but you know when you go to film festivals people tend to be a little more festival goggles yeah, yeah they're excited yeah, to be there yeah 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 you're there with the filmmakers sometimes or you're where there with uh people that just are more more eager or more down to just take in things uh but me at this point i think as you've probably heard over the years of us being on this uh podcast is that when we go to something like fantastic fest or south by southwest uh for the midnight section um not that it's always horror, but just I have like, I'll give a movie about 20 minutes before I bail um, because life's too short, man. I got I got a kid. I got I got a family. I got things to do. I got other films, better films to watch. Um, so it, it truly is says something that I did actually sit through all of this because I was curious. I was wondering if it really amounted to anything. Because um, like, you don't know, like maybe like, you know, the last 10 minutes, it's just going to fucking go. Like we've seen in many right. horror movies before where it's like very slow build. And then all of a sudden last 10, 20 minutes is just like, damn, yeah. it went out, but it never does. It is, uh, yeah. it, it keeps true to what it, it really is. And it, I mean, the audio, I mean, and, and nothing is like done. How do you, uh, it's like imperfect. It's perfectly imperfect or imper I don't know. Like it just, every angle is off. Every, every yeah. shot is off kilter. Every thing, well, everything, is every component of filmmaking is meant to be a middle finger to traditional filmmaking. So that's, that's, it's very, very unconventional. It doesn't, uh, nor you would normally never see a camera move like this. You wouldn't see shots of ceilings. You wouldn't see corner shots of things. And uh, so, yeah, you, you kind of like uh, twist your beard a little bit and wonder like, what, what was this all for? Um, because on, on one hand, yeah, maybe it's trying to present a uh, a child's perspective and how skewed it can be um and then maybe it's just all to just be uh a film that just is doing things in a way that it hasn't been done before and so that that that's probably what it's trying to be but then again it really is just a huge nothing burger. A huge nothing burger. Uh, I'd have to agree there because I really wanted this to be be scary. I and then I kept on thinking throughout the movie. I was like, "What if this were done by you know uh, the person that did 
don't breathe or the per Fide Alvarez or the person that did lights out or, you know, something like that, that it might could- be, it might be a little more like high gloss. It'd be a little glossier. And so I don't know. It's just like different strokes for different folks. Some people do. Right. But would I- you think it would be scarier if that were it the would- case, if that had like the characters you had the face that it was a normal film? Do you think, I mean, not necessarily for everybody, but I feel like even for us that we've seen almost everything out there, I feel like it would have been more effective. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it would be, it would have the stand the best chance of being a part of my collection because I do like Lights Out. Um, and so, uh, and they're fun to revisit because they are spooky and they deal with those things that are like what's going on in the dark and um but I don't know if it would be making quite the splash on the internet like it has been because it's so different. Um, so, yeah, I think there's probably many listeners who are listening to this right now who love the movie through and they're listening very frustratingly through all this. Um, but then I, I, but then they probably also can understand. I think that's I think there's like understanding on both sides i would say or maybe maybe this movie's just driving me crazy and i just don't know what's what anymore right i mean when you take a look at something like paranormal activity that would cost pretty much the same money to make but you also are focusing on two people who you kind of grow to like or even dislike but you form a bond with them and then you actually see things happen it might take 20 minutes to get to these things to happen, but it's like the suspense is being built. You can see what's happening. And in here it's you're, you're kind of in this endless maze of like confusion and darkness. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, uh, there's that. Okay. That disappeared. Okay. That disappeared. Oh, I hear the child asking question. Yeah. It's trying <laughs> to make you comfortable but being uncomfortable, uh, it's a kind of comfortability, I, I, comfortability in quotes that uh, pisses you off or makes you frustrated. While if another movie like Paranormal Activity that gives you characters, gives you time to invest in what's uh, invest in the characters and care for them, and then I, you know, paint yourselves on them and like create questions as to, oh, what would you do in that situation? You can't really do that here. You can't because you can't be like, I, I have nothing, uh, nothing's tangible enough for me to place myself in that to be like, well, if I was that kid, I would not have gone in there because it just, it, none of that matters. Um, and so, uh, yeah. That's that's it is what it is. Right. Yeah. And if you if you're alone or you're with your four year old sister and you're eight years old, you're going to go in places. You're not thinking about that stuff really yet. You're just like, I'm going to go investigate. Uh, I mean, but I think like this, I mean, this movie could be rated G or PG pretty much because you don't really see anything. There's no cursing. There's no violence. And like when we talked about there's blood. I mean, the picture is so dark and it's done in like a light that's like almost light bluish gray that the blood could be anything. Like it could be water beans. Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. You know, it just, you don't see anything really. And I wonder if it's somebody like your son, Roe, would watch this and actually be scared of it. Or, I mean, I I doubt a child would sit through this because it is very long and extremely boring. But yeah. if a kid would were to watch watch the whole thing, would they be scared? And I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I, um, I, I guess it says something that there are a lot of TikTok users that are talking about it and do say that it's scary. But maybe they're watching those uh, tremendously cut versions that you can watch online where it does have like the most effective parts of the film all spliced together at this point. Um, I, yeah, but I don't know. I I would have to watch it with them to really and just have a conversation with them and be like, why did you like this? Why what? did you do you really think that you can watch this or are you just convincing yourself that there's more here and that you're buying into like what some people are saying online who I'm not entirely convinced they know what they're talking about. (laughs) 
Right? Um, I was thinking the same thing because after the movie I watched, I was like, man, this got a good rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And I was reading some of the reviews and, like, and I was thinking like, oh, this person gave it a five star. This person gave it a four star. And I'm thinking to myself, what did I miss? I watched it and I'm I'm hip. I'm with it. <laughs> I feel like, like you <laughs> said, we have our fingers on the pulse of the horror community. Uh, we like a lot of shit people don't like. Um, and this one, I just... I don't know. It's very, again, that atmosphere. Atmosphere is great to it, uh, but oh man, it again. Ten minutes of this movie probably would have been the best short film ever, uh, or one of the scariest. Um, an hour and forty minutes. I don't think so. And I just. I don't know if I'd watch it again. Like I, if it comes out on Blu-ray, like what is a Blu-ray going to look like or 4k going to look like of this movie? Because it's not made for that. It's made to be on VHS basically. And like, what is that going to look like? What is it going to sound like? What is it? And do I want to put myself through this again? Cause I know what happens. Am I going to see something different? Is it going to affect me differently? I, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh yeah, unless that that disc say if like vinegar syndrome, well they won't because I have C film, so it'll just come out as that. Um, but if there's like a lengthy documentary or some discussions or a commentary, some uh scholars coming in, some horror fans coming in, like it it warrants having that, and I hope it does because then it, it would be worth owning it to me just to kind of check it out and see if there's uh because uh i don't know say say i'm gonna bring up hacks in again there's some people who may not have the patience for that kind of film but it to me it's way more effective because it deals with horror images and they're and you can see what they are and um and have a grander understanding of what they're going through but then you can watch other versions where they do have like a commentary to it and it's just as interesting um so yeah, if they put out a unique disc of this, it might be worth checking out again just for that. I don't think I would watch it and have the patience to sit through it on its own without those extracurricular stuff going on. Um, yeah, but if it's a plain Jane disc, there's no... There's no, no no way. And I'm trying to figure out now, like, what if there is a filmmaker commentary on it? What are they going to talk about? Like, <laughs> because yeah. we hear commentary tracks and like, even with like a Michael Bay movie, they're not talking the whole time. Yeah. And I was like, what are they going to talk about here? Is like, yeah, I shot my mother's house. And like, it's dark. And like, I don't, I don't understand it. Cause I feel now I feel like we need like scientists and psychologists and maybe film fans of some sort or, uh, or experts us really to talk about it uh, on a commentary track, because I just can't imagine what the filmmaker would talk f- about during this particular movie. I, uh, yeah. Or I just want, some riff tracks and stuff like that of people watching it for the first time not knowing like what the hell is going on because then it'd be like oh man we're going in here we're going in here what's going on what's going on under there uh nothing all right (laughs) moving on and then it's just the same thing over and over um a riff tracks would be amazing or a mystery science that would be so wonderful and i wonder if if the director, I don't, I haven't seen an interview with this director or anything, so I don't know if he's in on the joke, if he's fun, or if he takes himself way too seriously. But I would hope that he would like, yes, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. This that's an honor because I'd yeah, like to. See, I mean, yeah. I, I would hope he'd be, he would be that cool to allow something like that to happen because this took me back to being in college film classes where you watch. Where, where people really do just because because you're said in co- you're told in college like do experiment try things do things before you uh are, are making money out in the world or trying to make money and then and then you fail you'd rather fail here and try things and i just remember watching a lot of student film class or st- student films and classes and then just being like good god you're pretentious as fuck what are you doing and uh or this is just you're a bullshit artist um <laughs> <and> so 
<laughs> here we are. Here, here we are. And like, do, so, do you find this? Do you find Skinamarink pretentious at all? Like, do you think it's pretentious? I, I like I you, can, I you can you can you can say it's, it's, it's yeah. just a, it's just exhausting. It's ex, it's 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 exhausting to try to make sense of it right now, and then and then endure it, and then just really not know what's going what's going on but so i think to a degree maybe it is for because while i'm watching i'm like why the hell are you putting the camera right there why what because i'm such a person that likes rules i like like with uh paranormal activity it's a found footage film and when they put the camera on a fan they set it up, they walk you through the process, you understand why it's having that certain kind of movement. And then you're like, oh man, this is really ingenious why, why that it has that pan. Here it has pans, it has certain things and they don't make sense. And so the the, the rule book's thrown out the window. Um, and I guess that's- And do you think direct- that it was, well, do you think that's what they wanted to do? Or do you think that was just like, I, they didn't know what they were doing and they made this- um to to me at this point it does seem like they did everything like that intentionally and they tried because they wanted like i said throw the rule book out the window um and so yeah yeah but it's just not it's not for me it's not for me not for me either do you out of all of our colleagues that we're really close with do you think any of them will love it I don't think so. I don't see Susan Kamyab Stevens liking it. Um, James Cole Clay. I, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I think He's the maybe, wild card. He's the wild card. I could see him going he, either way. He would, but knowing him, I, I just don't think he would. So I think a lot of our critic friends don't, wouldn't like it, but I did see uh, uh, Christian M. Lynn of Fort Worth Weekly. He gave us a fresh, Apple in his little blurb here is if this looks like a student film, it's the work of a talented student. Look at that. Christian Lim. I like it. It is. I mean, you have, you can't deny whatever the case may be, if it was intended or not intended, what the final product is, we're still talking about it and it still has an effect. It's it's, it's like um, the, the, blue black dress or the white and gold, gold one. you're dress. just you're just like why why are we putting ourselves through this sort this. of thing and driving us crazy it's it's like a, a a warp in our reality where this is the hell dimension coming in like uh, satan made this movie and uh we're we're just confused as hell um and that and that's what it is in a nutshell. That is what it is in a nutshell. Skinamarink. It's in theaters and it's gonna be on shutter very soon. Um, and as more and more people flock to this and watch it, I'm curious on a few things. I'm curious if it's gonna keep being as successful as it is. I'm curious if there will still be polarizing views. I'm curious if Shudder would ever share statistics of how many people logged off like 20 minutes in. You know, I got to imagine it's going to be a record (laughs) and something like that. Or like even when it, you know, it's in theaters now, I think. And, you know, come this weekend, if tickets are going to be refunded at a, an alarming rate kind of thing, because I mean, it's a, you're going, it's like, we're going to see a horror movie. And I had imagined, I know press and I know who sees horror movies, you know, horror movies are not just for people like him and I, the masses kind of go out in droves and they expect something like a final destination too. They expect something like Megan. And this is not it by any stretch of the means. They're going to get into this and they're like, huh? What movie is this? Why did I pay $15, $25 for this? Uh, does it make you think? Maybe a little, not in the fact like 2001 Space Odyssey makes you think, but it'll have you guessing as sort of like, okay, um, the director's making me think like, okay, that's maybe what this means. And 
the story is simple enough. Like something's going bump in the night in this house and parents start disappearing. The kids are trying to figure out what happens. That's what it is. It's as simple as that, but man, Oh, I don't know. I'm a, <laughs> we, we, we need the Snyder cut. <laughs> yes we, we need the snyder cut of uh of skinnamarink so and you know what how great would this be if like big name directors like tarantino or uh zach snyder or anybody else that watched this movie and gave like what they thought or like you know i'd love to see what other people think about this because it is such a there's nothing else like it really yeah yeah into that that's and that says something um and like you said it's uh it makes you think in the way that like i was saying earlier like you're trying to fill those voids you're trying to make sense of it but it's hard to make heads or tails of it and so you're sitting there constantly you could be in this limbo forever yourself trying to make sense of it all and make heads or tails of it all. And it just, it, you'll, you'll go on forever. Um, and so for that, it makes it interesting. It makes it, it may provoke you to want to try to go catch it yourself and watch it and be stuck in this hell with us together. Um, so, but I, I think I'm just ready to put it in the rear view and move yeah. on and find happier movies, more effective movies for me um because i like movies that allow that work your heart as much as your brain and this one just kind of worked my brain and my heart wasn't in it and um so i would say don't do it (laughs) (laughs) and just 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 let people talk about it don't don't put yourself through the experience you'll be a much happier person probably to have not done it but then yeah i don't know maybe i have a lot of art friends that would that that i would like to talk to talk about to. it yeah, yeah. for so. sure for sure yeah i i can't i can't knowingly and in good spirits recommend watching this but also just like if you're curious know that what you're getting into like you this is not your typical affair so um that being said this is my bloody podcast skin of rink out in theaters and will be on shutter very soon in february uh i'm glad we talked about it preston get it off our chests and our minds we don't yeah. have to talk about it again until you know the criterion releases it yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh and we'll see what happens um i'm sure in in i mean i would like to keep this in our wheelhouse just to think like oh my god like three weeks from now it it's opening still in more theaters people are flocking to it it's almost kind of like a like the the john carpenter in the mouth of madness type of movie it's driving people mad uh yeah exactly why won't you die yeah, so I don't know. We'll, we'll, I'm sure this won't be the last time we bring it up, but I think it's yeah. going to be on our our back burner for now. And uh, skin of a hey, rink, it's going to haunt us. It's going to it's going to haunt us. Uh, Preston Barta, the man, the myth, the legend, the Denton Record Chronicle, FreshFiction.tv. He's Blu-ray Dad on Instagram, and he's Preston Barta on Twitter. He's on YouTube doing them interviews all the time check him out in his movie reviews everywhere i'm brian kluger as always high def digest youtube instagram twitter brian kluger check it out we love you and we'll see you next time